When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need to know what's happening, it's, 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 it's time to get in the huddle with Carl Dukes and Jason LaCanfora. Welcome back to another edition of In the Huddle. Carl Dukes put him up along with Jason LaCanfora and our man Brian Baldinger coming off of an incredible Thanksgiving weekend. And I really, I mean that. I mean, Jason, we saw some interesting football. Yeah. The pitcher's a little bit clearer now as we head into the the final six weeks of the season. And I got to start with this Green Bay game because Green Bay scored points, but they didn't score enough points as the Eagles ran for 363 yards on the Packers. Jalen Hurts, and we haven't talked about this, Jason. Is he a front runner for the MVP? He threw for 153, two scores. He ran for 157, and his team has one loss on the season. Let's start there as we get going this week. Oh, I think he has to be on your short list. Um, I mean, he ran for 100 yards in the first quarter of that football game. Um, you know, Green Bay's offseason, in retrospect, looks uh, <laughs> pretty brutal. From the quarterback contract to the Adams trade to the moves they made that, that I'll, I'll admit they, you know, I was more than willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. I, I thought that um, they had maybe put that defense in position to do a little better than it, it had been in past years. And I was wrong. The defense sucks. Um, their season's over. And, and look, it, it was going to make sense for them to play Jordan Love at some point in time, whether it was because the old man was so beat up or the old man was flat out hurt or the old man's not that good and our season's over and we got a fifth-year option on this kid and – even if we're stuck with Aaron Rodgers, we might have to showcase Jordan Love for trade because all the extra stuff we got for Devontae Adams, pretty much, we've already used. That's already baked into our cake, and our cake ain't nearly good enough to get to the promised land, and we're stuck with this $50 million quarterback for, for at least one more year and probably two. So I, I, they're they're in a real difficult spot moving forward, and um, – well, whether Love starts this week or not, you know, as we record this, it's, it's they haven't even started practicing yet, so that remains to be seen. I know they're saying they're going to stick with Rodgers to the bitter end, but I, look, their season's over. So Jordan Love's going to start multiple games this year. I'm fully convinced. And how he performs in those games may have a lot to do with the Packers offseason next year where, again, it's not a great uh, free agent quarterback market, especially if Geno Smith – and Jimmy Garoppolo stay where they are. And agents and executives I'm talking to around the league um, for a piece I'm working on for the Washington Post are pretty convinced that those two will stay put. Mm. You know, you got Tom Brady. Is he retiring? You know, what's that all about? Okay, he's in his own category. But then the rest of the free agent class is, is Taylor Heineke. It's Jacoby Brissett who will start for somebody next year. He performed well, but, I mean, he's not going to kill it in free agency. You know, it's Mike F. and White who, who did kill it on Sunday. Uh you know that's it's 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 a really limited quarterback class compared to recent years, 
And the draft is not the elixir that some are pointing it out to be. The idea that there's five plug-and-play starting quarterbacks in the first round or four or whatever. They may get drafted, but um, the evaluators I'm talking to are less than convinced that this is a generational quarterback class. So, you know, that's that's a long way of saying the Packers might be in pretty good shape if Jordan Love plays two or three games and looks like the real deal. Um, but they're not, you know, they're not a quality operation. You know, Rodgers not on the same page with a lot of these guys. His turnovers have been backbreakers, um, whether he wants to take, you know, blame for him or not. And I don't think we'll be talking about him too much, Carl, until they lean into this Jordan Love thing, which, again, I'm telling you, looks inevitable to me. I've never seen anything like this in, in all the years, Jason, in all the years you've covered the NFL and being around it, where you draft a guy and he sits this long. Right. Without you making some kind of move to either have him move on, you maybe acquire additional picks like they they should have done this three years ago if they felt like this was going in this direction. But I've never seen a guy sit this long. You know, Mahomes set. We can talk even Aaron Rodgers set. Not four or five years where you're talking about drafting a guy and now you're willing to just say, hey, we're going to go the we're going to go the this route and 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 trust that he's the guy moving forward. I just I've never seen a team not trust a pick and understand that, hey, at some point we got to move on from Rodgers. I think the Packers are at fault here. I think Absolutely. caving in the Rodgers every year when he wanted all the money, yeah. all the power instead of doing what was best for the organization. And now they find themselves in this predicament. But I just the Jordan Love thing is really interesting because I. I've never seen a quarterback sit this long without us really knowing what the hell he is. Yeah. Well, then they moved up to take him. You know, again, this isn't Aaron Rodgers who they can say fell in our lap. They made moves to go and get themselves in position to take Jordan Love at the expense of other positions of need, like wide receiver. That's just a fact. That's a reality. And and it, and they're you know, there's this narrative they put out there that like, oh, we had to beat this team or that team to get him. Like, no, nah, man, there weren't a whole lot of first round grades on that kid. Um, yeah, and they let Aaron Rodgers hijack two of their you know consecutive off seasons, and they built their entire budget around him. And now, not only is he not an MVP, he might not be the best quarterback on their on their roster. But he's making <laughs> he's making fifty times what the other guy is. So yeah, enjoy. Yeah, it's tough, man. Packers, uh, I agree. Their season's done. I don't see any reason to play Aaron if I'm the Packers, and I'm I'm looking to the future. I got to see what Love has. I'm with you. I think he should start the rest of the way, and that that also has to do with the injury. I mean, we don't know the extent of the injury, yeah. but even with or without that, I think this is a moment where you go. Let's find out. Carl Dukes, Jason Lock on four in the huddle, guys. We bring you the latest around the NFL inside the game, and of course, we talk about the games as well. Jets. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. And has Mike White taken Zach Wilson's job? Well, I think, look, he he certainly has. And this is not nearly as week-to-week as Robert Sala would paint it. Um, They're going to give Mike White some time, even if Mike White didn't play the, you know, a, a dominant football game against the Bears, considering how little he's played since he's been in the league, frankly. Um, he needed more than a couple of games. And honestly, if this thing goes off the rails a couple of weeks from now because of injury or, or whatever, you know, the, the, the buggy turns into a pumpkin or whatever, I think they go to Joe Flacco. I don't think they go back to, to Wilson. I mean, the, the, which I, I don't think that's um, Jason, uh, tenable. Did he, did he do enough? I mean, I heard he apologized to the team. And, well, you know, he, he said all the right things. But 
Is he doing enough to win the team back? I don't think it's going to matter because he doesn't have a future there. Like, his agents are going to – like, when this season ends, he's not – I mean, everybody's saying what they got to say now because they're in the middle of uh, a playoff chase, which they haven't been in in forever. They can argue they have a legitimate shot to win a division and, you know, get a home game. Um, and they haven't been in the, you know, and they haven't been in this situation in a long time. And not a lot of people thought it was going to happen as quickly as it has. But he's he's not gonna, dude. He lost his job to Mike F and White. You think he wants to be there? Next year? Like, no, no. His agents say hey, you 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 took this kid second overall, and that's that's the only that's the look you gave him. That's how little you believe in him. Like, no, it's over. I mean, I don't know what they get for him, but it's over. So I don't really care what he says or what it's, it's irrelevant. Like he, he's not a part of their immediate future and their immediate future is everything. And in the off season, both sides are going to have a bunch of reasons why they should move on. Um, I think we need a temper. And, and I, I look, I was all for this move. Um, I've never bought into the Zach Wilson hype evaluators. I know and trust in this league. We're not as nearly as high on, on that kid. Um, and didn't think he should have been drafted anywhere where he was. And that's not Monday, you know, morning quarterbacking. That's real time reporting. But they played the Bears, bro. And the Bears are, I mean, next to the Texans, the most hapless organization in football right now. And the Bears defense is absolutely the path of least resistance. Yeah. And once Robert Sala figured out that, oh, it's Trevor Simeon this week, because remember, there was all these games about who was the, the quarterback was going to be, right? And then, oh, now it's Peterson. Simeon hurt himself in warm. Like, once the there were two drives established of football on Sunday afternoon and they knew who the quarterback was. The bears weren't in the business of scoring points either. So now they can't move the ball because they stink on offense without Justin Fields, who represents 22% of their yards from scrimmage, um, which is, I mean, the 06 Falcons by comparison, Mike Vick, 19% of their scrimmage yards. This kid's at 22%. Um, And the game's changed a lot from 06 to 22. For sure. Yeah. So just think about that, right? So they don't have an offense without him, and they haven't had a defense really since the season started, and especially, you know, once they, they're they trading Robert Quinn and they're trading Roquan Smith. So, like, I love what Mike White did, and that's a great soft landing, like great soft opening to whatever this is going on in terms of his quarterbacking tenure, but much greater challenges are ahead. Yeah, Bears are a mess. And, and speaking of Justin Fields, it's another guy – if I'm the Bears, I don't need to play him anymore, right? I know what he's got. I don't, I'm not going to risk Justin exactly. Fields. There's no reason to play him moving forward. No. Jets look like the real deal. Is this a team you don't want to see in the playoffs, though? Jets? The defense, I mean, look, it, it, the running game is not what it was with Brees Hall, but it, it, it's not like it's completely falling apart either. Um, they, they are, are uh, an elite defense. Uh, I mean – don't want to face them like it, it there's a lot of like I, I, you know they're somewhere on that list i guess they're not top five for me in the afc of teams i would legitimately I be worried about yeah because I of agree. the lack of pedigree because a coach who hasn't been there before because of some of their offensive limitations um but the defense is i mean the, the defense makes them viable yeah it's as good as you know top five defense certainly they hit in the draft. We've talked about that this season, and, and it's paying off for the Jets. Hey, it's in the huddle, guys. Subscribe, like us. Make sure you get all the new episodes. We release them on Tuesday and Thursdays. Brian Baldinger, a part of this as well, as we look ahead at the end of the week to the games that are coming up. 
It'll be week 13. We're looking back at week 12. And Cleveland, we find out this week, Jason, I know I saw your stuff about, you know, Deshaun Watson coming back and being reinstated. But the the win against the Bucs told me in my – I thought it told me more about the Bucs than it did Cleveland. And I think we keep thinking that, again, it's Tom Brady and it's just going to click and it's going to happen. And and that, that hasn't happened. And so mm. Todd Bowles is not managing – his, his clock management, his timeouts, mm-hmm. I think it's time to start talking about, you know, we can say Brady, 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 but Todd Bowles is is also a huge part of this as they lose to Cleveland over the weekend. I mean, some of those decisions, the punt and plus territory, like what are, what are we doing here, man? Um, yeah, look, Todd Bowles is, is, is the exact opposite of Bruce Arians in so many ways, offensive guy, defensive guy conservative by nature, no risk it, no biscuit. Um, Todd Bowles will defend his players publicly to the ends of the earth. B.A. called out his players, including Tom Brady, in a way that very few coaches ever would. So it's a drastic change. Um, the, the offense has never really got going, right? And this was a week where it's like the Browns really stink and the Bucks are coming off a bye and it's the end of the Jacoby Brissett thing. And again, Jacoby Brissett, for me, has been a top 12 to top 14 quarterback in this league. Yeah, He's had one really bad game. He's had one that he probably, you know, that where, you know, the Chargers game where it wasn't a terrible game, but he made one egregious interception in the in the end zone. Um, and the rest of that sample size of 10 games, he's played really strong football, winning football. Um, the reason that the Browns' season's falling apart is because of their defense. Yet that same defense bows up and shuts down. This Bucks attack where you're like, okay, they've figured out Rashad White and they've got Evans and Godwin and everybody coming off a bye. It's as healthy as they'll be. And, and they couldn't do anything. You know, they got a seven-point lead early in the second half and 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 then fell asleep and couldn't score in overtime either. Um, you know, you never write off Tom Brady and that division stinks, so I still think they get in the dance as ugly as that may be. But, like, Tom Brady at this point in time is a complete mercenary. He's a football mercenary. He he's going to do whatever he has to do to put himself in position to get a ring that, you know, right bleeping now. And Tampa ain't it. I mean, their their cap situation next year is untenable. There's going to be um they're going to hemorrhage talent, not just Tom Brady. Yep. You know, and they're going to have to think about their where they are as an organization. Is Kyle Trask really the answer? Do we need to be in position to draft a quarterback? Like I just don't see if Tom Brady plays football next year. I don't think it's in Tampa. And then if they are in the business of drafting and developing a quarterback, then is this coaching staff the one they want for to for, that. for that, for, you know, for this, okay, we've turned now from all in to win a Super Bowl, right bleeping now to a two-year or three-year plan. So, yeah, there's a lot of questions to be answered there. In the meantime, look, again, I'm not convinced that they don't win a playoff game or two just because of Tom Brady. Can they beat the four of the best teams in the NFL – four straight weeks, because let's face it, they're not getting a bye, right? And they might not, uh, outside of the one home game because they win a division, I don't think they're getting any other. So that could be a tough, that could be a tall order. What do you think about uh, the expectations for Deshaun Watson? Um, And look, I'm not going to tell you, you know, I'm going to use this example, but he's not Muhammad Ali. But we saw Muhammad Ali get away from, you know, the, the, the fight game for a few years for various reasons. And he came back, and he won the same Muhammad Ali. It took some time. I haven't seen Deshaun Watson, in essence, in two seasons, okay? 
So now I'm supposed to think Sunday he starts and he throws five touchdowns and he's just crisp and I'm not buying that. So I don't know how much time it's going to take him. Maybe it takes him the rest of the season to get back and get the feel he needs. But nobody walks on the field after being being away for two seasons and just kills it. So what are your expectations for Deshaun Watson? I don't have any. Um, I don't know what to expect. I, I don't know of a comp for this situation um, when you factor in the severity of uh, his behavioral disorder or whatever it is, like what, whatever is behind. And we still don't know. And I don't know, I guess through therapy, you know, which the league finally forced him to do as part of his reinstatement. Otherwise, he didn't seem like anybody was particularly interested in it on his own. So, like, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know what makes him tick. I don't know why he did the things he did. I don't know that that's necessarily behind him. And I also don't know how he's going to respond to have going from one of the faces of the NFL, from someone who they would be, I mean, shortlist of guys we need for a United Way commercial or a My Calls, My Cleats commercial or a public service announcement. Yep. He went from top three on the speed dial to never again. <laughs> never again. <laughs> No yeah. bleeping way. Yeah. Like, yeah. he went from the one guy on the visiting team who your kid wanted to get a high five from before warm-ups or whatever to he's going to get booed and he's going to get maligned in a way that I don't think he even has come to grips with. Um, So I don't know what all that's going to bring out in him. I don't think he's going to play as well as Jacoby Brissett this season. Like, you were making me make a guess or some sort of hypothesis. I will say that – We'll look back on the Browns season and say, man, those 12 games with Jacoby Brissett, that was a more highly functional offense than what we saw under Watson. I think he's going to feel the need to play hero ball, which is the opposite. You don't have you, – you've got the pieces around you to not have to do that. But I think he's going to do that, whether it's a conscious or subconscious thing. Um, I think him being the heel and him getting booed mercilessly, um, which he fully deserves – is going to further his need to want to shut them up and to play hero ball. Um, I don't know, man. It's a lot for Kevin Stefanski to manage on the fly. Uh, saying all that, the Houston Texans are a joke. So, like, they'll probably blow out the Texans this yeah. week. They yeah. could do that just handing the ball off to Nick Chubb. They don't even need a quarterback to cover seven in that game um, if the defense remotely shows up. And, again, all Houston does is run the ball a little bit with Pierce. There's no other identity on offense, and they don't have an NFL starting caliber quarterback. But, yeah, I, I don't know, man. Um, I don't think it's going to be great. I think he'll need some time to get back. And uh, it's a long offseason, man. And I don't – again, I, I I have no idea what his true mental state is and, and where he is in terms of um, his off-field behaviors. Yeah, I – last thing on, on this, I just – I got a chance to, and I say this loosely, okay, um, to know the kid. He went to high school in the in the Atlanta area, had him on. He was the Gatorade Player of the Year in high school and had him on a couple of times, got to know his family. You know, he's got an unbelievable mother. And obviously, you know, all this decision-making is his. It's nobody else's. But he is a guy that I when, – when all this stuff started happening, Jason, I was like, eh. You know, and then one went to two, two went to three. Well, nobody three wanted to, to believe it because right? it didn't seem like anyone no. who was around this kid. Not that we ever know anybody because what happens in the light is very different in many cases from what happens in the cloak of darkness. But, yeah, no, like nobody I know who was around, like not even like Texans people. Like everyone did work on this kid leading oh, yeah. to that draft. Like yeah. it, whether you needed a quarterback or not, and like you didn't hear any even remote whispers of, hey, 
decision making off field, you know, um, character. Like you heard, like no. it was imp- unimpeachable character. No. And, and and that's my point. So you know, you get in this situation where he's making these mistakes, and then he continuously makes them. He's paid for it. But I also think, and this is what I'm getting to. I don't know if he even knows what he needs to do to right. rehab his image. I don't know if he understands what he needs to do. People are going to tell him, and you got to do this, and you got to do that. And then I get back to the world of sports, which is what we live in. And if he wins in Cleveland, if they start making the playoffs year in and year out, and they're making Super Bowl runs, this becomes a distant memory because winning cures all. But if they don't, you know, it's one of those things. What does this kid do to, to, to rehab his image? And I don't even know if he knows what that's going to take. I just don't. Yeah, and I, again, I, I don't know that he truly knows why he did what he did. I don't know that he really in his heart of hearts necessarily thinks it was wrong. Um, or let alone, you know, in, in the estimation of, of many of yeah. these women, not just wrong, but, but, but criminal, but, you know, flat out sexual assault. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. I, I'll say this though. Um, I don't know that. I don't think many people are rooting for him. I'll just put it that way. Let's move on, Jason. Jaguars, Ravens. All right, let's take a look at this real quick because this was the shocker for me over the weekend simply because the Ravens had this game. Another game in their grasp, okay? So Trevor Lawrence led a 10-play, 75-yard touchdown drive. No timeouts. It was big time. Caps it off with the two-point conversion, right? The, the stones on Doug Peterson to say, screw it, we're going for two, and then they, they execute it. But then we have the incident after the game, and I want to get your thoughts because I know you have a lot of contacts within that Ravens organization where Lamar expresses frustration on social media in a very vulgar fashion, then deletes the tweet. All right, what's going on with the Ravens and blowing these late-game leads? Well, they're the worst fourth-quarter defense in the NFL. So, like, we, this has been a trend for years, and it's a trend – with two different coordinators now and two coordinators who have completely different approaches. Mike McDonald, I'm going to, I'm going to sit back and keep everything in front of me, no matter what Link Martindale, I'm going to blitz you more than anybody else in the league. And the same stuff's happening. Um, obviously for different reasons, they're not getting caught bringing seven or eight guys on, you know, third and four anymore, but they're also playing such a predictable vanilla um, soft style of defense. That third and 21 becomes manageable fourth and six. Cause you pick up 16 because you got a free runner in a soft spot in that zone that you've been picking on all day. So um, they just didn't have the answers, man. Trevor Lawrence was seven for seven with a touchdown and 140 passer rating against man. Trevor Lawrence was 140 passer rating against cover six. Um, The things they tried to do a little differently in this matchup, play a little more man, play a little more cover six, Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence. It's it's like they, they, they knew, Okay, man, we're going to pick on Brandon Stevens. Zone, we're going to pick on Marcus Peters, who's really a press man corner, who's now being forced to play a lot of zone because the style of defense has changed completely from the guy who played the most man in the league to a guy who doesn't want to play man. So it's kind of not a shock that now Marcus Peters looks out of sorts. Um, And that's pretty much what they did, and nobody could stop Zay Jones. Uh, But, like, in that drive alone, they knocked Lawrence down – like first play of the drive from deep that Jacksonville territory, Calais Campbell gets him. He fumbles. Jacksonville recovers. 
you're thinking that alone is lights out. I mean, now it's second and forever. But again, they get to third and 21. They complete a pass for 16 yards. They convert fourth and six. They convert another third down on that drive. They convert a fourth and eight on that drive. They Ooh. score the touchdown. So these are all potential game-ending spots. Yep. And then yeah, the two-point conversion is do or die, and they convert that as well. Um, Trevor Lawrence came into that game with a quarterback rating in the fourth quarter of 76, and all you heard about Trevor Lawrence was the fourth quarter brings out the worst in him. He had an almost perfect quarterback rating in the fourth quarter, 14 for 19, almost uh, like 170 yards, um, two touchdowns, no interceptions, quarterback rating of 139.7. So, like, part of it is it was a set. Like, he's been getting a little better for a couple weeks, and maybe this was his breakout moment. But that defense was on the field for 10 and a half minutes in the second in the fourth quarter. Gave 160 net yards, 27 plays that defense was on the field for in just the fourth quarter. I mean, do the math on that. Multiply 27 times four and 160 times four. Those those full game averages are I mean, that's not professional football. The offense let them down with a fumble. I mean, it took everybody to mess this up. Bad special teams decisions, but that's that's who this team is. That's what they've been. The last two years is finding improbable ways to lose games. And you thought maybe they had shed their skin a little bit during the four-game winning streak, but they haven't. And the reality for that defense is when they play real quarterbacks or quarterbacks who play like real quarterbacks on that day, they tend to lose. That's their reality. I'll, I'll believe otherwise when I see it. They'll get a chance to prove it in week 18 against Burrow. They don't play a whole lot between now and then. Yep. And then they'll get a chance to prove it every week in the playoffs. In the meantime, the passing game is completely broken. Um They've dropped 10 passes in two weeks. The, the Ravens team, back-to-back weeks of five drops. That's not okay. NFL football. No, that's Lamar, you can talk to me about overthrows and all that. They dropped three touchdowns in that game. Both hands on the ball. Ball placement accuracy is there, and they can't complete catches. And I'm not talking contested catches where you're about to get your head blown off. All you got to do is look, boom. Yeah, bring it in. So, you know, everybody's raving about the center. The center can't. There's no clean snaps. Just go watch the film. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> so nothing starts on cue because he's juggling chainsaws, right? Yes and, yes. and so none of that matters when you're winning four in a row, except it does. And then you don't win, and it's like, well, wait a minute. Why are they off script? Why are plays coming in so late? Why does nothing really look like it's polished? Well, let's start with the exchange. And then you look at the drops, and then the it's in the quarterback's head, and they didn't pay him, and it's a contract year, and everything's magnified. And they go and get Roquan Smith at the trade deadline. Not Jerry Judy, not Kenny Galladay, not right. whoever, not Kadarius Tony. Oh, so it's, you're get, uh, I, don't, I get nothing. Rashad Bateman gets hurt, and you get Deshaun Jackson off the street. Deshaun Jackson's great. He made a beautiful catch on an amazing throw. He played nine snaps because his hamstrings are already an issue. And he skipped <laughs> it. He played nine snaps against the Saints and got shut down with a hamstring. He comes back a month later, and he's on a pitch count nine snaps. because yeah. I mean, they have no outside receivers. They have nobody. The only team with the worst receiving core in the league is Chicago. That's not debatable. That's a fact. Most teams have two wide receivers who would be better than anything the Ravens are running out there, an outside receiver right now. Some have three, including two teams in their division. So, look, Lamar has a quarterback rating of 88 or lower in seven of the last eight games. They've got seven touchdown passes in their last eight games and only one game in that span where they've had more than one. He is a part of that problem, but they continue to ask him to do more with less. 
And they continue to force him to play it out, play it out, play it out. And you're seeing frustration boil over. You know, as for the tweet, um, I can't condone it. I can't endorse it. I, 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 um, a lot of people were offended by it. I understand why they were. Um, you know, we're taping this on a Tuesday. Lamar will meet with the media tomorrow. Yeah. I, I, I would be shocked if he's not very contrite. Um, and sort of heartfelt in, in his explanation for why he did what he did, <coughs> excuse me, and, and what he thinks of his own um, actions. And they've got a, you know, they've got an offensive crisis right now. Oh, yeah. And teams are basically just crashing the ends in the option game um, because they don't think the Ravens could do anything else. And the, their running backs are getting nothing on the ground in the last three weeks, 3.7 per carry. So now Lamar's got to be the entire run game, too. Here's the thing for me, Jason. As we talk about the Ravens, they lose to the Jags 28-27. Jason just laid out to you all the sh that happened, okay, in the drives to make that happen in the, in the fourth quarter. The social media aspect of this, listen, some guys can handle it and some guys can't. And I think some guys during the season need to really consider, yeah. I'm, get, I'm getting my ass off social media because you're letting nobodies, okay, in the big picture of things. This is a guy that tweeted at him, will have no consequence on Lamar Jackson's life or his contract. But he he felt so compelled and so pissed off to respond to it that ultimately he's the guy that now has to answer for this and has to, you know, he's going he's gonna to be the guy that everybody's pointing the finger at. And I just think during the season sometimes, and this has been one of those things I've had conversations about, and people are like, oh, you're going to tell with these professional athletes what to do. Well, no, but I think some guys can handle it. I'll give you another example. Baker Mayfield has shown he can't handle it. No. He's another yeah. guy that's too damn sensitive when it comes to somebody criticizing him, a nobody, meaning nobody within the organization, nobody that's right. going to have a, a constant impact on his career. Yeah. Nothing. And you're you're so worried about what this guy thinks that you, you feel like you've got to respond. And then you say some dumb blank, and then this is where you find yourself. So I, I'm not telling Lamar what to do, but I would tell a lot of guys I, I would really consider this. And when I get to the season, especially as a quarterback, I, I'm, I'm off social. And when I get to the offseason and I'm in, you know, the Bahamas and, and Hawaii and I'm kicking it with my boys, you guys see me flexing and that's great. But during the season, I got to be focused. And I think this is the kind of stuff that makes people wonder, well, is he worth the money? Yes, he's worth the money. This has nothing to do with that, but it gives you another reason to, to wonder about, well, is he mature enough because he's doing stupid blank like this? Well, um, I'll say this. Uh, I, I am now approaching 50 years old. I've been on Twitter since 2009, and it probably took me up until three or four years ago, roughly. And, and after many um what Arguments. I wouldn't think at the time, <laughs> things that I would I didn't think at the time were a big deal because I just I was in the right. Like, let's just say I've had conversations with PR and HR at various times in my career <laughs> where it was made very clear to me that you're walking on a tightrope. Yeah. And you may fall off. We, you know. And so I eventually learned the lesson. I'm just not gonna look at my nothing like nothing good happens after 2 a.m. Nothing good happens in my mentions. For the people who are saying, that a boy, that's awesome, but I don't need to I, – I'm, I'm, I'm a grown man. I don't need to see that. I appreciate it. Yeah. I don't need to see it with my own eyes. 
And it's more likely than not that I am going to fall into a trap, especially if I've had a soda pop or two. So, so like, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that he at 25 should have it all figured out. Right. Because I pretty much went through my, you know, whatever, 35 to – I'm trying to do the math in my head. I've, I've been on there about 10, 11 years. Whatever. Like, it took me a long while to finally create my own boundaries yeah. for myself where I'm like, yes. this is how I've got to use this thing. And if I, if I do anything other than this – you know, I'm going to have to answer to the ultimate boss, which is my wife saying, how did you lost your job over Twitter? You complete and utter jackass. So, and that's not to say that I won't slip up again. Like, it, it, like, but so I'm just keeping it real. Like that's my experience with Twitter yeah, and I'm yeah. not dealing with anything like he's dealing with. I would also say, I think the fact that he doesn't have an agent has become such an overblown narrative and really has nothing to do with why this situation has taken as long as it has. But this is a situation where, you know, that agent and people on that staff are monitoring everything you do and, the, you know, and they're talking to you after the game. And you know what I mean? And a good mm -hmm. agent is going to try to play not, you know, Monday morning quarterback, but Sunday 605 quarterback, which is when you get back to your place, we're having a conversation or I'm, at, I'm there with you. You know what I mean? And we're talking about how we're going to manage the next 24 hours because this is what's going on and these are your inner frustrations. You know what I mean? And like, yeah. if I have to try to take away your phone I'm for, for a cooling off period, I'm gonna try to take, right? But that's exactly. not, you know what I mean? Maybe somebody exactly. in his inner circle is playing that, but there's no one with that same fiduciary bond. Like you get paid, I get paid, we're in this together financially. I'm an expert in my field, you're an expert in your field. There's not that. Um, so that, that, you know, may play some, some role in it. Um, but he's also like a regular dude. Like, you know what I mean? He might show up at somebody's Pop Warner game on a Saturday. Like, yes. you see him hanging out at the mall. He's at hip hop, he's that you kind know, of guy. fish and chicken. Yep. Like, like, so yes. he, I don't think like, like that's just his, like, it's not his brand. That's his it. That's his identity. That's who he is. It's who he is. So, yeah. and I think this is part of that. You know what I mean? I think that's where social media comes, like, because he wants, he is, I think he wants to be accessible. He is accessible. Um, He's not really at the club. He's, you know what I mean? Hanging out with regular people. Yeah. So I, I don't know, man. Um. But it's like, an interesting. I, it's an interesting thought. It really is. I just, I, I wanted to go down this road because, you know, for us, okay, we're we're media celebrities, if you want to say that, and people follow us and look to us for information and entertainment or whatever. But, but I totally get where you're coming from because you do have to figure it out, right? Especially when we get criticized and we want to snap back at people, and yeah. it's it's it. Sometimes it is hard, but you, you're right. You got to figure it out. So. I'm not mad at Lamar for not knowing all the things he should do or shouldn't do on social media. I think we're all still kind of figuring it out, to be honest with you. It's changing all the time. There's new stuff. There's, you know, what can I say? What's proper? What's not? All this stuff. But at the end yeah. of the day, what he does and who he is and what he's becoming is bigger than some knucklehead who wants to criticize him. And yep. that's what has to be Absolutely. told to him. And he's got to understand that. You know, that wasn't Joe Burrow going, hey, bro, you suck today from another, you know, NFL guy. No. That that was a, somebody he, no. he doesn't even know and probably will never see. Uh, all right. I want to go to Joe Burrow because I want to talk about this. Jason Lock on four, Carl yeah. Dukes, guys. It's in the huddle. Uh, Brian Baldinger will be here. We'll talk about the games coming up on Thursday. Make sure you subscribe and like the episodes. Joe, Joe, Joe Mixon out. Jamar Chase out. Yeah. Yeah. 
Joe Burrow, I mean, listen, I've loved him since he's come into the league. I saw him at LSU like everybody else. People forget that LSU team beat like seven top 10 teams that year or top 20 teams. It was incredible. And then they run through everybody and everybody goes, well, he's a good college quarterback. And then he gets to the NFL, gets hurt, (laughs) then takes him to the Super Bowl. And then everybody goes, well, no, he's going to be a great NFL quarterback. And then this week to me proves again, T Higgins had what? 114 of the 270 yards Joe Burrow threw for, but you're winning without your best receiver and your best running back. And there was more pressure on him to deliver. And Oh, by the way, Jason, he went up against that Titans defense. That's a juggernaut. This dude is unbelievable. Well, and for him, it's the belly of the beast, right? Because they won that game 1916 in the playoffs last week, last year. Um, but, you know, they, they they won the war, but they lost the battle. I mean, Joe Burrow was hit like 15 times in that game. He was sacked nine times. I mean, Jeffrey Simmons is still in his nightmares from that game. And this offensive line hasn't been great. Baldy's talked about it since the beginning of the year. Sometimes it's schematics. Sometimes it's play call. Sometimes it's dude getting beat up front. But the guy is still, I mean, what, the first four weeks of the season, he was on pace to outpass last year's rate of getting sacked and hit. And they haven't solved all that. But he just – Rises above, man. Um, and, yeah, that was his boogeyman. And he didn't blink, not that anybody thought he would, and he found a way to win that game without two of his best weapons. Um, the, look, the defense shut. Tennessee's red zone offense had been at a historic rate, and you knew it was going to regress. They're not going to score a touchdown on 82% of their red zone drives all year. But they, they really shut – I mean, they let them – they gave them yards up to the 20s, and then the Cincinnati, Luna Anarumo, future head coach, third defensive coordinator, yeah. shut down Tennessee in the red zone. Um, but, look, Cincinnati started 0-2. They're 7-2 since then. People have been trying to write them off before the season started. Joe Burrow, since week three, only Patrick Mahomes has thrown, has thrown more touchdown passes. Burrow has 20. Mahomes has 22. However, Burrow's only thrown four picks. Mahomes has thrown, I think, eight. Uh so Burrow's got the best touchdown to interception ratio since week three. He's got the second best quarterback rating behind only Tua. But remember, Tua missed some games in there. So Burrow's got a bigger sample size. He's completing 70% of his chances despite not having Jamar Chase either as a big part of the offense early in the year or even available the last few weeks. Um, and he's been sacked 20 times, which which is a lot in, yeah. you know, eight weeks. But there's, but he's he's still performing at an MVP level, and Mixon and Chase look like they're going to be back for this game at Arrowhead. Um, you know, not having Wuzier the rest of the year, their top corner gives me some pause, and I think that'll be an issue in the playoffs at some point in time. But like, write these guys off at at you know at, at your own peril. Um, it's a quality football team, and they're now tied with the Ravens, and I get it, the Bengals haven't won in the division and the Ravens division record is, is Sterling for now. Um, and the Ravens beat them head to head on a Sunday night, but they play week 18 in Cincinnati. And I suspect that game matters. And I suspect Joe Burrow and the Bengals put up a lot more yards and points than they did in Baltimore a month ago. All right. I got to ask you about the commanders. Uh, let me say this before I get into this game, but the Falcons, Arthur Smith, Run the ball. Run the ball, Arthur. You had four downs in the red zone. You could have ran the ball. You're getting seven yards a pop for the Falcons, and you blew it, calling a pass play for Marcus Mariota, who hadn't done anything. 
All right. Well, play Desmond Ritter. I mean, what did we do? What, what do you, I mean, we talked about this a few weeks ago. Play Desmond what, Ritter. With that said, I had to get that off my chest, Jason. Give Taylor Heineke credit. Give the commanders credit. Ever since he's been in, in, installed as a starter, this has been a different football team. And Ron Rivera, I talked about this on my national show. He's been the rock. You know, he lost his yeah. mom. He, he's going through all this crap with the owner and Daniel Snyder. And I know you've written a lot about that at, at the post. And I'm looking at this team and I'm going, you know, this thing could have fallen apart. And here is sure. Ron Rivera just keeping it together, keeping the outside noise outside, and they are finding ways to win. And here the commanders are in a position to be in the playoffs in a division where the oh, yeah. Eagles are considered to be way better and the Cowboys are considered to be way better. Yeah, um, a real interesting game with the Giants this weekend. Uh, you and Baldy, maybe we'll get into that a little bit more on Thursday. But, like, they have an identity now. They know who they are. They, they love having this kid. Um, he and, and Scary Terry, when it breaks down, when it becomes a scramble drill, those two see things simpatico. They're on the same page. Um, he could go off at any given moment. Unlike Carson Wentz, Heineke's willing to feed him 50-50 balls like – even, I mean, whatever, 40, 60 balls. Like, if he's got half a chance, he's got a chance. Um, and, and I think that that right brings a different energy to the huddle and brings a different energy to the offense. Then the defense was horrible the first three, four weeks of the season. And it really has been pretty close to lights out since. And people don't really want to give him credit because it's like, well, I haven't seen it enough or who are they playing or this or that. But, like, they get elite pressure rates. They become a really good third down defense. They, they've gotten much better against the run. Uh, and Chase Young is coming back, and, yeah. and he doesn't have to be a world beater. He's just got to be one more guy who can get pressure. So Heineke's going to make two throws a game that you want back, and at least one of them is going to be a jump ball that gets picked, and it's probably going to happen in the third quarter because it seems to me that's kind of like when it happens. But he's also going to keep them in games, and he's going to keep them amped. And they're, you know, just – not to be dangerous. So I don't think they're going to collapse. I don't think they're going to completely fade. Um, I they, they absolutely could get in the playoffs. Um, it, it really wouldn't shock me at this point. I mean, three teams from that division are getting in. I mean, it's just a matter of and this, 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 this commander's giants game will be, will be huge. I'm not, I, I'm not so sure the giants don't sort of return serve here. A lot of people think they're just going to disappear and go away. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if the Giants win this game. But, um, yeah, both those teams are viable as potential playoff teams. Yeah, the Commanders are seventh right now. I'm looking um, in the playoff standings. Eagles, Vikings, 49ers, Bucks. right? That, those obviously would be the division winners. And then you've got Cowboys, Giants, Commanders at five, six, and seven. Seven teams get in. So this thing is still wide open with six weeks to play, which is great. I mean, this is what yeah. – what it's all about. We're going to find out if the cream rises to the top. Jason, uh, before we go, man, obviously, I just want to make, bring this up. The Raiders find a way to win because uh, we got to get out of here. But 229 yards for Josh Jacobs. They wanted to get rid of this guy, right? They wanted to move on from him. Oh, they didn't pick up his fifth-year option, that's for and, sure. And, and then he you know, has the 86-yard game-winning overtime touchdown, right, a walk-off. And I just bring this up because we've said it all year. The Raiders are a mess. What's going on with Josh McDaniels? And then you see Derek Carr, you know, the, the touchdown's happening, and he's on one knee. I don't know if he was praying or crying, maybe both. And I'm like, wow, 
two weeks in a row, right? This is the, and, and so now all of a sudden the Raiders, I don't know if they've got traction to make a move, but this is something I think they desperately needed to happen. Oh, absolutely. Um, and look, it took over 300 scrimmage yards from their running back to win that game in overtime. So, I mean, the margins are still really slim there. And, and the defense, I give the defense credit. They shut down the Seahawks run game, which I didn't think they were capable of. Yeah, me neither. I didn't think they were capable of shutting down you know, Nebraska's run game, let alone Seattle Seahawks, but they did, um, you know, and, and Kenneth Walker was pretty much a bystander and uh, look, Gino again, put up 34 points on him. Um, but yeah, they've won a couple games and, and there probably is a renewed spirit there. Um, I don't know that the defense is sustainable. I think that's a really hard game script to replicate. Uh, but hats off to Josh Jacobs, man. He's going to make a lot of money next year, whether it's, you know, there or somewhere else. Yeah, no doubt. Jason, great job as always, man. Subscribe, guys, in the huddle. Like us. Tell your friends about us. Again, we've been getting a lot of traction uh, on the Odyssey app, which is absolutely free to download wherever you get your podcast. And we're going to keep you updated as the season goes along all the way into the playoffs and into the offseason. But we got a lot more football to play as we head into week 13. So, Make sure you're here on Thursday. Brian Balding will be here. Jason will be back with us next week as well. Jason, great job. And, uh, man, buddy, thank you. Have a a great weekend, brother. You do the same. Talk to you next week, bud. All right, guys. Take care, everybody. No chopper. No. All right. Appreciate you. Yeah, bro. Good job. Can we we sign off or do we need to tell Dylan first? No, I'm just telling him we're done. Okay. Yeah, I'm just letting him know right now. Choppy, no. Okay. Let's go jump back. All good. I know we went a little long, bro, but that was great shit on uh, on social media. Great. Yeah, stuff. there's a lot going on though. That was yeah, that was a big week. I just told him. Okay, he said thank you. Absolutely. Okay, so we're good. All right, brother. Or should we? I still think wait? so. Yeah. Should we still wait. Okay. All right. Thanks, bud. Have a great week. Yeah, man. Take care. You too.